Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NISA Today FC podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and on today's episode, we'll recap all the action from week six in the NISA League as Chattanooga FC and Savannah Clovers split the points, and Albion San Diego gets a big win against Gold Star FC. Speaking of Gold Star, there was some news that they announced yesterday, so we'll talk about that and all the latest player signings in the news segment of the show. Of course, Nisa Nation will catch up what's going on there as well. And I'll preview the week seven matches and more. So stay tuned, guys. I've got another good show coming up right now. Welcome back to the show, guys. I hope you guys had a great week and are doing well after our last episode last week and now we get to recap week six now we only had two matches from this past weekend let's start in fort finley where chattanooga fc and savannah clovers fc ended in a 1-1 drop very surprising because i picked chattanooga to get a win and savannah clovers after they got blown out by gold star fc Five nothing the previous week. I have to say, Savannah Clovers definitely made some improvements and put on a good show in Fort Finley. Because for a moment, you thought Savannah Clovers, wow, what a way to get a first win against the boys in blue, but it was not meant to be. And for Chattanooga FC, they remain undefeated despite getting a draw in the league. Um, thanks to a stoppage time, a late stoppage time goal from center back Anatoly Papalitza with his header off a corner kick from Luis Garcia Sosa in the 95th minute to get that late equalizer. Um, Savannah Clovers, remember, they had a one nothing lead going into that moment, and that was in the 37th minute from Zach Hargreaves. So, as I mentioned earlier, you thought the Clovers were going to somehow pull away getting a win, but Anatoly Prepolita had other ideas. And it wasn't just that, guys. Like, a couple minutes after that equalizer, Chattanooga FC thought they had the game-winning goal for them to win the game. And the ref called a foul in the box, and it was from Prepolita. Again, he, he had another header. That would have been his second goal of the match. But it was waved off due to a, a foul in the box. So the boys in blue and the Clovers split the points. Both teams getting a point. Uh, it's a second straight draw for CFC. Remember, their previous matchup was a 0-0 draw against the Michigan Stars. But hey, they still have a five-point cushion ahead of second place Maryland Bobcats. Now, the next matchup for the boys in blue will be on May 20th against City Union, while the Savannah Clovers will play Albion San Diego on Mother's Day this Sunday. Speaking of Albion, they were in action this past weekend as well, as they played Gold Star FC and won 1-0 Jonathan Bezays 
scores the game winner in the first half as he converts his penalty kick from the spot to give Albion the 1-0 win over Gold Star FC. Of course, leading up to that play, Leo Palma for Gold Star FC made the foul in the box, and that gave Zays the opportunity to put Albion in front, and he certainly did just that. Another key performer in that match was Albion goalkeeper Ben Roach. Uh, he played very well in this game, uh, including a big save he made on Max Rogova in the 18th minute. Gold Star, you know, they had some good chances in the second half, including one from Daniel Wright in the 50th minute. But Roach is there again to make another big save. And then late in the match, Albion had a player sent off. And Gold Star, you know, being a man up, had an opportunity still late in the game to get an equalizer. And late in the game, they sent their goalkeeper, Brandon Barnes, and he has a header uh, chance. But it was saved by Ben Roach of Albion San Diego. And that was enough to seal the win for Albion San Diego. So Albion gets a win. They now have four points. And hey, you know, Albion now, after that rough home opener against Chattanooga FC, losing 5 nothing, they seem to turn it around now, getting a draw. Now they got a win. Uh, that's four points now in their last two matches uh, after dropping their home opener. And Albion starting to move their way up. That's looking good. I'm sure Hector is very happy about that. Now for Gold Star, you know, this is their third loss of the season, but it's still in third place in the table. And for Gold Star, you know, a team that's been on the road. You remember their first seven games were on the road before they're supposed to play their home opener. And, you know, for Gold Star, they're right now the top half of the table. But now we got some news that Gold Star is having other issues. And I'll share more on that in the news segments. But you have to wonder with this latest news from Gold Star FC, how they're going to handle it going forward with these last few road matches before they're supposed to play their first home match towards the end of June. All right, guys, let's move on to the news segment. Let's go. All right, everyone, let's get into the news around NISA. And let's start with Gold Star FC Detroit since they've been in the news the last 24 hours recently. And not sure where I want to start with this one, but let's start with the Night You Say Nisa's tweet. So yesterday I saw on Twitter that the Night You Say Nisa podcast, they posted a tweet saying that they're hearing from multiple sources that Gold Star FC Detroit has lost its funding and is in deep trouble. Now initially when I saw this, Yesterday morning, I'm thinking, oh no, here we go again. Another new expansion team having financial issues. And now we have to wonder, are they going to finish the season? Time to hit the pennant button. We get an update from head coach and general manager, Alex Lubianski. And he posted a letter to the Gold Star FC supporters. Now, 
He's not talking about you know their financial situation, but he's giving an update on their stadium. So I'll read a little bit here what he had to say. Dear Gold Star FC supporters, as we approach the home opener, we openly share our vision and plans for the future with all of you. Our stadium project is delayed. We will individually contact all season ticket holders to grant full refunds. We will play our home opener on Saturday, June 24th at Madonna University's soccer field, approximately 500 yards from our final stadium site. The Gold Star Gauntlet will occur as soon as our new stadium is constructed. This season, we will host 12 professional NISA matches, one expedition match, and the NISA Independent Cup Championship. Season tickets for these 14 matches will be on sale for $100. All season tickets purchased will transfer to the new stadium as soon as the team moves into its permanent home in the interim, the team will play at various existing venues throughout Metro Detroit. The sights and sounds and excitement of new construction will serve as a wonderful backdrop to our home matches this summer. We'll be offering complimentary stadium tours throughout our temporary venue campaign. And at Gold Star, Madonna University, and the City of Livonia are all working tirelessly to put together a project that benefits the entire community. So that's some of what head coach and general manager of Gold Star FC Detroit, Alex Lubianzi, had to say on Twitter about their situation with their stadium. Now, remember, guys, we had Coach Alex Lubianzi on our show a few months ago, and at that time, they were very, you know, ambitious and and talking about we got a stadium deal, everything's all good, it's gonna be ready to go. Uh, we got the the money ready to go. We signed all these. Or at the time, they were getting ready to announce all their player signings, and we've seen all their player signings and everything. So this is a, a crazy situation right now for Gold Star FC. So I mentioned that they've only played five games and they are supposed to play their first seven games on the road before they have their home opener next month. So it's uh, it's not looking good for Gold Star FC Detroit. And as we see in Nisa, it could go either direction. Now I've seen a lot of comments on social media. Uh, I did see a, the tweet from former Managing Director of Nisa Nation, Jonathan Rednauer, and I know everyone has their own different uh, opinions on the situation, but this doesn't look good for, for Nisa either way you slice it. And I thought it was interesting from Jonathan Rednauer's tweet that I saw when he was with Nisa Nation and working with the league. He was, I saw in there, he was talking about the ideas, the vetting process he was talking about with the league and he talked about it with the league leadership and he was saying that they were basically like, we, we're going to stick to doing it our way. And I was like, what? Like, and you know, from what we've seen with Nisa so far, it's been the same movie guys doing the same thing, expecting something different, but it always ends the same. 2019 Philadelphia Fury. Two games, ownership pulls out, team folds. 2020, that was the pandemic year. Uh, basically giving ownership a pass because we all were dealing with that situation and not knowing if the league was going to survive and all that kind of stuff. And as we saw during that time, 
you had teams leave like Miami FC, Atlanta FC. Uh, that was when Michigan Stars, Detroit City FC, and Chattanooga joined the league. And we saw 1904 FC and Stumptown AC go on hiatus. And then they both come back later on. In 2021, we saw the league own both Stumptown AC. Uh, 1904 FC made it through the spring season by themselves, but in the fall season, Demba Ba and Eden Hazard pulled out, and the league had to step in and keep them afloat as well. Uh, I was working with Chicago House at the time, and you guys know uh, in the middle of that summer in 2021, our primary investor uh, backed out, and we were about to start our first season in NISA in like two months. And as you guys know, the Gerards, they stepped in, and well, you all know how that story ended. So, yep, Chicago House AC, our time in NISA was very brief. And then last year, uh, we saw what happened with Syracuse Pulse. Samira Bell saying, wasn't paying the bills, wasn't paying his players, wasn't paying the vendors. And the Pulse had their games postponed like multiple times throughout the season. The league said at that time they were able to find investors to keep that team afloat. But as we all know what happened at the end of last year, last season, that team wasn't going to come back and ended up merging with Flower City to become City Union, at least for this season. Bay Cities, that team had no money. They ran out of money in the middle of the season, and they folded in the middle of the season. And then Val United FC, they basically were breaking the law, immigration law, and that's how they got in trouble. And this federal investigation is still ongoing, as far as we know. So with NISA, we we just don't know how this is going to go with, with Gold Star FC. But as I just alluded to, most of the time it doesn't – when it, we see a team go through something like this – it doesn't end very well. And I know people are on social media talking about Nisa, why it's keep happening and all these things. And these owners coming in, look, you, you know you're going to lose money. You know you're going to lose money. This is Lower Division Soccer. You got to have like a five-year, 10-year plan, that kind of thing. And plan B if something doesn't work out. And too many times we just see owners just – Lose, you're going to lose a lot more than whatever the plan is, and they just don't seem to prepare for that. And I don't know what's going to happen with Gold Star FC moving forward, but as of right now, it sounds like from Coach Alex Lubianti, he's staying very positive. He says they're going to refund the fans for the season ticket holders and give them a deal to watch their remaining games that they have at home starting next month. Yes, they're going to have to move around different stadiums, which is not ideal, but it sounds like they're at least still planning to play. And, you know, I'm sure they're working with the league to try to figure out their next steps. But it's just not a good look. Plants change, as we just seen. And, you know, hopefully they can get it figured out moving forward and able to finish the season. I know that was a question that I kind of started early when the season needs to start. We have nine clubs. Hopefully they can all finish the season. Um, and with Gold Star, you know, we got we have more questions than answers right now. Uh, just what 
enters my mind is, you know, the players. Remember, this team has 34 players on their roster. So I would expect they're going to probably have to trim that roster a bit down to get through the season. As their same situation goes, they're only going to play their home opener on the 24th at Madonna University, but they'll be playing across the Metro Detroit area for the rest of their home games. So basically the LA Force schedule of last year where they were playing their home matches all over Southern California, it looks like Gold Star FC will be doing the same thing due to these circumstances. It also makes you think about their 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 budget moving forward. You think of the product they have to scale down a bit. And remember, they just had that deal with the Michigan Soccer Network to broadcast their games. And I know from my background working in broadcast production and content creation, all these other things, the broadcast side is very expensive. It's not cheap. So I'm kind of curious to see what type of production for the broadcast we're going to be able to put together due to this situation. And we've seen too many times where these expansions coming in that don't have soccer history that are always struggling. It just seems that way. I mean, look, Chattanooga FC, obviously they're doing really well in NISA, but they were in MPSL before they moved to NISA. And they've been doing really well. Maryland Bobcats FC, they're second place. That team was in M- – I'm sorry, not MPSL. They were in UPSL before they moved to uh, NISA. Michigan Stars, they were also in MPSL before they moved to NISA. And Savannah Clovers, they were in UPSL before they moved up. Club that they own, that's the other expansion team, along with Gold Star and Savannah. They were last year in NISA Nation. They were also in the UPSL, and they also played the NISA Independent Cup. Now, I know we were all surprised that they started so fast in NISA Pro, and I know some people may were initially concerned, but I know they're struggling right now in NISA Pro and trying to figure things out, but we haven't heard any issues that they're having just yet. Or same with Savannah. So as far as we know, they're still doing okay. But for Gold Star, they don't have that. They weren't in another league before they they played. And that's just kind of the, the common thing for most of these teams that we've seen that have been struggling so far. Uh, I know the long-term plan for Nisa, at least with Nisa Nation, is that they plan to move teams up from Nisa Nation to Nisa Pro. But or Nisa Nation is just restarting this year. So we'll have to see how that plan goes moving forward. But right now, it's just frustrating, you know, watching from afar that this this stuff in Nisa keeps happening, even though I guess you could say we shouldn't be surprised. But you're just like, man, Nisa, when are we going to finally get this betting stuff figured out, man? Like, ugh, it's just, it's just painful. Keep seeing the same thing over and over and over. But – you know, I mean, for, for Gold Star, hopefully they can get through it. You know, I'm also thinking about the, the former house players that I used to work with, like Brandon Barnes and Keegan Thompson, that, you know, they'll be able to finish the season strong. So hopefully that it doesn't come down to that. But like I said, it can go either way at this point. So that's the what we – Got on Gold Star FC so far. Now, on my end, I have not heard anything directly from Gold Star FC or 
the league on any updates pertaining to this situation. But if we get any new information, I will let you guys know. Now, we do have some other new stuff to talk about, but just a couple player signings. The Maryland Bobcats FC, they've signed defender Philippe Burnett from its reserve side for the 2023 season. And the Michigan Stars FC, they have signed Ahmed Shabu Jr. for the 2023 season. That's the latest news updates we got from around the NISA League. Now, let's talk some NISA Nation. All right, everyone, let's talk some NISA Nation. As the Southwest Division just finished week six, and we had some interesting results from this past weekend. Now, SU New Maricopa, they lost to Lobos FC 3-1. to Of course, the big matchup from the this past weekend, the top two teams in the Southwest Division, Temecula FC, a.k.a. the Quals, I love that name, took on FC Golden State Force, and they finished with a 1-1 draw, both sides splitting the points over at Birdsall Sports Park. Now, going into that matchup, both teams were undefeated with five wins in a row, and I think I'm, I'm reading this little short presser from on Temecula FC's website. That looks like Gold Star, or Gold Star, excuse me, FC Gold State Force. I think scored first in the first half, and then Temecula I think got a goal in the second half, based on what I'm reading here. But both teams get a point, and you know, still the top two teams in the Southwest Division, and you still have that title up for grabs. So. Hey, we still got a bunch of games left in the Southwest Division. Let's see how those two sides finish up at the end of the month. Capo FC, they defeated Olympiaco CA 5-2. And AS Los Angeles lost to Pauk Tijuana FC 3-2. In the Pacific Division, Jasa RWC defeated Windmill City FC 3-2. And Modesto City FC defeated Balmore FC 4-3. So that was the matchups from this past weekend. The matchups we got this weekend. So on May 13th, Olympiaco CA will battle Real Encinada FC. AS Los Angeles will be taking on FC Golden State Force. Capo FC will be taking on Lobos FC. And Bay Area United FC will take on Battleborn FC. And speaking of Battleborn FC, I did see, uh, I saw it on Reddit that they're going to build, uh, looks like they have plans to build a soccer specific stadium out there in the Reno area. And they have plans to go. To, to USL Championship at some point. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, on Mother's Day, on Sunday, Pauk Tijuana FC will be taking on Temecula FC. Now, this game will be played in Mexico at the Unidad Deportiva Crea Stadium. I'm, I'm just guessing. <laughs> that's, assuming that's, that's what it says here on the website. So 
that is where they will play this matchup. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So that would be pretty cool. And then Jasa RWC will travel to Modesto to take on Modesto City FC on Sunday. So those are the two lone matchups on Sunday. So, yeah, it's looking pretty great in the Pacific Division. The Southwest Division, of course, heating up, as we mentioned, FC Golden State Force and Temecula FC still leading the way with 16 points, while Coppola FC is in third with nine points, and SU Maricopa is in fourth with nine points, and Lobos FC is in fifth with six points. So that's your top five right there. While in the Pacific Division, we have a tie between Windmill City FC and Modesto City FC, as both of those clubs sit in the top with four points. Jasa RWC is third with three points. So that is the latest update I have from Nisa Nation. Let's get into my final thoughts and preview week seven matchups in the Nisa League. All right, everybody, before I get into my talking points for today, I just want to congratulate Chattanooga FC's Anatoly Prepolita for winning Nisa Today FC Player of the Week for Match Week 6. So congrats. Uh, as he was chosen by the fans. So that's this is why I do my, my poll for the Players of the Week each week. So you guys can make your voices heard. And hey, Anatoly Prevalita, he had a good game this past weekend. Got the equalizing goal, and he almost had the game winner. Oh, man. If he would have gotten that one, man, it would have my my uh, player of the week poll probably wouldn't be, it would be like a, a, a landslide, man. Boom. But he won pretty confidently. I think it was 40%. So, yeah. So, man, a lot of talking points. I know I'm going to get into previewing the weekend matches in a moment, but a lot of stuff happened this past week, guys. I don't even know where I, where I want to start. So the Open Cup obviously was this past week, the round of 32. and But before that, we had Don Garber talked about how he's been disappointed with the Open Cup and that it's been it's not good showing for his clubs in MLS and that the fields look terrible and they need to do something about it. And when I saw that, I'm like, does, does he, I know he also talked about the game is so hard to find. I'm like, Don Garber, we've been doing this for years, man. Where you been, man? <laughs> you, you just late to the party. Like what's going on, man. Uh, this is something that we've had to deal with every year covering the open cup. And I know this year now that's not ESPN plus anymore. And it's going on Bleach report and YouTube. It's a, it's a bit of a pain. And I'm kind of like, look, MLS should be calling the Open Cup out when I feel like a lot of these MLS teams, not all of them, but a majority of them, don't seem to take the the game seriously in in the Open Cup. Okay? I was at the Chicago Derby uh, a couple weeks ago. And for that game, Chicago Fire, like, it's crazy, like, Casper Shabelko is the only 
like star player that I recognized on the fire that was out there on, on the field. So he played a, a little bit out there and then outside of him. Okay. The rest of the, the players for Chicago fire for the most part were reserve players or probably play on the fire two team and things like that. Now, Jordan Jakiri was at the game, but apparently he was, I, the fans were telling me he was in the suite somewhere. I didn't see him, but someone told me they saw him in the in the, in the suite somewhere. So I, I'm like, it kind of sends a, the wrong message where you got a couple of your big-name players out there playing games, right? But you have your star player, you your DP sighting that you paid so much money for, Chicago Fire, and he's in the suites or out with the fans somewhere getting photos. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, teams got to take it serious. Serious. Ugh. Teams got to take it seriously. I can't talk today. And as most of you all know, a week after that match, they fired their head coach, Ezra Hendrickson. So, yeah, the Open Cup, I just feel like the the they don't – the MLS clubs just don't take it seriously. And I – not only that, the Open Cup benefits MLS clearly because they don't enter until the later rounds. And by the time they enter, you only have a, a few USL teams left, maybe a couple amateur sides and some NISA sides, and, and, that, and that's it. You know, and now I know that he's talked about that they're going to have a, a summit later this summer and they're going to invite fans and get suggestions and try to, you know, look into making the Open Cup better. But look, they got to pony up the money. That $300,000 for the prize winner is a joke. The The farthest winning team gets only $25,000. That's the lower, lowest remaining amateur or division, lower division side. That, that needs to be bumped up too. So, and look, I can talk about the Open Cup all day. I, I've, I've covered it in the past and still write for the cup.us every now and then. But it's uh, it's something that I definitely needs to be reworked. And I don't know. I feel like when Don Garber's statement was like a shot at not just the Open Cup, but even the lower division sides. Look, they're doing the best they can. Do you guys know what these teams I deal with? I just talked about Gold Star FC and their owner pulling out, and they've only played like five games, like in Nisa. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, teams, these stadium issues, ownership issues, money issues, and you should let the lower division sides host. Okay, if an MLS team has to play a lower division team. Let the lower division team host if they can do it. Let them host. It, 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 it's for the benefit of the game. You're bringing in new fans that may not watch that team, watch that game, and you know raise the prize money. You know if if I was running the Open Cup, those are some couple things I would do. But I'll, instead of having it breaking down where you have these leagues enter in round two and this leagues enter in round three, I would have them all start in the same round. First round, no matter what league, you all start in the same round. Even you, MLS, you all start in the same round. So this way we get more of a MLS versus amateur matchup or USL versus MLS, you know, whatever. NISA, you know, just you just get that opportunity. And you pony up that money. You got to get a TV deal, not maybe with television because it didn't work with ESPN. They didn't extend their deal. So, but CBS, you know, they're picking up sports. Soccer properties left and right. Give them a go. I like what they've done with the Golazo Network and Morning Footy and some of the stuff they do. So I think that'd be a good, good idea. So 
like I said, I could rant about the U.S. Open Cup, but that's just my opinion on Don Garber's statements, and he shouldn't take shots on lower division soccer. Even though I know he did that with Chattanooga FC. Yes, I know he did that to you guys. Child hooligans, I, I hear you. But, uh, you know, that's the thing. So, anyway, that's that my beef on the Open Cup. Let's talk about the other big story from the week. That is San Diego, as there are rumors, well, not rumors, but it seems like it's going to happen now that San Diego will get an MLS team and that an expansion announcement is imminent and it'll be announced sometime later this month. Now, I've seen all over social media about the San Diego Loyal and them posting a statement and saying we're not going anywhere and all this stuff. And Albion has a connection with the, the youth system. I, I know they have an academy team, I believe, that's in MLS Next. Not the Pro League, but the Academy Youth League. And they have a good, you know, setup, the building, you know, for the long term. And for San Diego Loyal, yes, I know they got Landon Donovan. He was coaching them. Now he's in the front office and doing all these things. And look, I don't know what's going to happen with all that mess. But knowing MLS, they've been very picky. It can go either direction. And based on the latest expansions that we've seen recently, okay, Charlotte FC, that was the latest one. Charlotte FC had a USL team, Charlotte Independence. They're still there, but they've self-relegated for the championship to USL League One. They're trying to coexist. While Charlotte FC, they're definitely a lot of fans at Bank of America Stadium. We saw it with Austin when Austin FC came in the league for MLS. Austin Bold, they only coexisted for one year, and then after that, Austin Bold folded. Uh, FC Cincinnati, when they came in the league, they moved up from USL championship, but they had to kind of refresh their logo. Just like Orlando City did when they moved up from US back then USL Pro to it. So it can go either direction. And there's no guarantee, guys, that this new ownership group is gonna take San Diego Oil. It's not a guarantee. And of course, you still got Tijuana, the Zolos, who play across the border. So it's a very interesting dynamic. I think once the official announcement is made, we'll try to get Hector Trujillo on later this month or whenever we can, just to Get his perspective. Now, I know when we had him on the show, we talked about it briefly, but he felt confident San Diego, they can handle multiple clubs. So we'll see. Now, my other talking point was Gold Star, but I already talked about them. So not much more to add on that, other than the fact that we did have Coach Lubianski on our show back a few months ago. And, you know, he was, you know, very direct and, you know, ambitious and bold about we're gonna have a stadium in this and all these other things so plans to change and it'll be interesting to see how gold star and the league handle their situation moving forward and as i said earlier in the show if i get any updates on that i will let you guys know now let's move on to previewing the weekend matches so we have c union taking on Maryland Bobcats FC and man, I see on my Twitter over here, Old Bay Brigade and local 585 are getting at it, man. They're they're showing no love here on social media. I love the banter though. It's all it's all funny games. But here, let me read you in case you missed it. Uh, Old Bay Brigade, man, man, they're taking shots today, man. They're they're on fire. They're, they posted on here. Thank God they found some kind of draw to bring people into the stadium this weekend. 
other than our Maryland Bobcats. The boys take on dot, 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 whatever they're called this weekend, dot, dot, dot. Watch all their sports. Oh, my goodness. They're just getting at it with local 585. And they're talking, and they get shot back, and they're like, why don't you guys come up and try Why don't you, I'm trying to say, why don't you come up and try them yourselves? I'm, I'm guessing they're referring to the wine that they're going to have at this game tomorrow and the uh, pierogies. They're going to have pierogies there, uh, our pierogi truck station selling pierogies. And, you know, local 585, you know, they're being friendly. You know, we'll come get some drinks with us. So, you know, they're all jawing each other. But I love it. I love it. It's all fun and banter. So this is all fun and games. But City Union, you know, after not playing the last couple of weeks, they will have their home opener. It'll be interesting to see. I want to see how many fans are going to show up for this game. I'm going to say, yeah, Saturday night. So I'll be able to watch the game. And uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in this matchup. The Maryland Bobcats, of course, haven't played in a couple weeks as well because I think their last matchup was the, uh, yeah, it was the Open Cup match. So, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. But it's going to be an interesting match. Uh, of course, these two teams already faced each other early in the, in the season where the Maryland Bobcats edged out. City Union won nothing. Of course, this match will be at 6 o'clock Eastern time and evening game. I hope they get a good turnout. And for City Union, you know, I think they're going to show up. They're going to show up in front of their fans. And the Maryland Bobcats will be a close game. I think it's going to be back and forth. But I'm going to go with, I know we pick a winner, but for that game, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I think it's going to be a, a very, very entertaining game between these two sides. And... You already got the fans, Old Bay Brigade and local 585 getting at it. Hopefully they'll they'll show that spirit tomorrow at the game as well. But I think it's going to be a, a 2-2 draw. Both teams get a point, and it should be uh, a good game. And I'm looking forward to watching it tomorrow. So I'll share my thoughts on the match on social media. So stay tuned on that, guys. Now on Sunday, Mother's Day, we have Albion San Diego taking on the Savannah Clovers FC. Albion, of course, won their last match against Gold Star. And Savannah Clovers, they got a draw against Chattanooga FC last week. So Savannah Clovers make their first trip out west. It'll be an interesting game. And I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game. But Albion's on fire right now. Uh, I bet against them last week. I thought they were going to lose, but they turned around and, and won. Uh, and I know someone on Twitter let me have it on that one. So I'm like, yes, these predictions are supposed to be fun, guys. But eventually, I'll, I, I get some wrong. It happens. But uh, this week, I'm gonna I'm gonna take. Well, I picked a draw. I can't go with two draws. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Albion. Albion's been on fire lately. They've been doing pretty well. Savannah, they showed some heart. Uh, but Albion, they're making that climb up the table. So I'm gonna go with a one nothing win for Albion on Sunday at home against the Savannah Clovers. But let's see. Let's see what the weekend matchups bring for us. And we get to recap it all again next week. All right. That's my 
talking points for my final thoughts on everything, along with a preview for this weekend's matchups. Let's close out the show. And of course, just as I close out the show, I get tagged on Twitter from Nisa Nation. So let me read this real quick before I wrap up the show. Capo FC's Parker Scalzo is the Nisa Nation Player of the Week for May 1st through the 7th. Scalzo, a three-time All-Pack West player, scored two goals and had an assist in Capo FC's 6-2 victory on Saturday, May 6th. So, just had to throw that in there. And with that, that concludes today's episode for Nisa Day FC. If you guys enjoy the show, have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can follow me on my social media page on Twitter at JT underscore Taylor 88. And you can also DM me as well. And if you like the show, you can follow us on our social media handles. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. You guys enjoy all the matches this weekend for week seven in Nisa and the weekend matches in Nisa Nation. And I'll see you next time. Bye for now.